spring? Is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. That means more comfort and less baggage. Experience how Allbirds is redefining comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to the Burgundy Network Podcast, part of the Believe Podcast Network. And we are here to talk about two things. And this episode is called Cowboys and COVID. And Brian, uh, I told you, like, I feel like we just need to rip the Band-Aid off and talk about both of these, you know, with the game with Dallas. And then obviously so much going on right now in Ashburn, COVID spreading like a wildfire. I mean, you can kind of say it might be the Cowboys' fault because they were having their own COVID outbreaks and then they, you know, bring their benches. They bring their players over to FedEx. And now here we are. So uh, we're going to talk about that game, talking about maybe beating the odds on Sunday against Philly. Literally. Not really sure what to expect with this team. Uh, but speaking of defying odds, that leads me to our sponsor of the show, Bet Online, which is the number one site for all of your sports betting needs, whether it's football, basketball, UFC. It doesn't matter. I've been killing it in college basketball. There's a couple upsets, but you can always guarantee some of the top teams are going to win. So, you know, usually you want to bet on the high-ranked teams, but there's been some great upsets so far. So get in on all the action because it's a ton of fun. All you have to do is go to uh, betonline.ag to sign up and use the promo code BLEAV50 and get a 50% welcome bonus. So get in on all the action with Bet Online. But, Brian, I tell you what, this wasn't a good betting game for Washington no. with Dallas coming to town. I feel like we really hyped this game up. Right. Like probably one of the most hyped up games and, you know, since the Tampa Bay playoff game, would you say? Yeah, absolutely. This was huge. It was a chance to really take control uh, to, to fight the, the guy ahead of you. And Dallas punched you in the mouth and you really didn't recover until it was too late. And so uh, they, they prove why they're the best team in the division. And Washington's got a lot of work to do. And obviously, as we'll get into, that's gotten even harder and more difficult this week. But, yeah, that seemed like a, a huge opportunity that they let get by. And it was it was ugly for a good part of that game. Yeah, and I know the score was 27-20, but it never really felt that close until the very end. We're like, what's going on? Like, <laughs> is this yeah, game actually happened? even attainable? Yeah, like, what, what's going on here late? Um, but for me, it just felt like, you know, no matter how bad Dallas looks at times, it just really showed as not even organization, but team-wise, like, we're a tier behind. Like, we, we still aren't where they are. And you can say we swept them last year, you know, without deck you know, Prescott, whatever. I feel like that was a different team. I still feel like we are just a step behind them. And it's okay to admit that. You know, I said on Twitter, it is okay to take your homework glasses off, be realistic, and say like, hey, look, they have some guys that are better than our guys. This is what we need to do to get better. You just can't sit there and be like, oh, like, you know, screw them. Like, this is like, we're better, blah, blah, blah. Like, it is okay to be like, hey, this is what we need to do. 
to actually beat these guys in the future. Mm. Would you agree that we are just, you know, a step back, you know, maybe talent wise, personnel wise to get where Dallas is like on a consistent basis? Yeah, absolutely. I think Washington showed that they're missing just a couple of studs. Like they've got a they've got a solid foundation. I really believe that about Washington, but they just are missing a couple of uh, of guys. They're you know that 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 Dallas has on both sides of the ball that are just going to take over games like we saw Micah Parsons do, like we saw Randy Gregory do. Uh, I think Washington has that potential, but you know as much as you hate to say it, the Cowboys have that right now, and, and you're absolutely right. They're they're a step ahead. But I think Washington can get there. I think if they continue to to put some pieces together, they can get there. But uh, yeah, right now they're they're definitely not on that level, uh, which makes it that much more frustrating. That you know, I know the game wasn't as close as twenty seven twenty, but you had a chance there, and and that's frustrating to let it get away there in the end to to get punched in the mouth at home like that and let them punk you with the benches and 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 all of that. Um, it's frustrating, um, but you're absolutely right that they've that Dallas has got some studs and Washington's got some work to do. I mean, and they're young studs. That's the biggest thing. These aren't like aging veterans, guys in their late 20s. These are young guys that are going to be around for a long time. So Washington's got to catch up and catch up quick because uh, it's going to get to be tougher and tougher to, to face the Cowboys. Yeah, and we're going to talk about, you know, certain players and kind of give our thoughts on that. But for me, just, you know, watching this game live and then like recapping it to myself, it was just a game of opportunities. You know, Dallas goes up 3 nothing, then fumbles on the second drive. They recover it and then throw that interception to Landon Collins kind of, mm-hmm. you know, gets us going. Like, all right, finally we're getting, you know, this is where we can create some big plays. We got to get these opportunities. You know, we, we see like Kendall Fuller dropping interceptions and stuff like that. You know, it's – it's not even just this game. There's been other games this season where it's just dropped interceptions that we could have easily created points off of and stuff like that. And then three plays later, Dallas yeah. gets it right back because of that tip. Like you said, Randy Gregory is a freak athlete. Him coming back, like he did not skip a beat at all. Mm-hmm. Comes back, freak athletic play, tips the ball to himself, gets that interception. And for me, like we're going to talk about Heineke because you know, I feel like that's something definitely need to talk about with this game. But it's just, I don't know if it's talent, personnel, coaching, schemes, whatever it is. But like I said, these players just create opportunities, whether it's Trayvon Diggs, who has, you know, leads league interceptions, or Micah Parsons, who is <laughs> filthy sack numbers, tackle for loss numbers, pass deflections, it doesn't matter. He just creates opportunities. Do you feel like right now we have those guys that can do it consistently? You know, maybe Chase Young, we saw it last year, you know, with the strip sack against San Francisco plays like that you know we didn't see it this year but do you think that's something that's missing is like a guy on defense i would say jonathan allen uh does and i would say cole holcomb's putting his name in there and we'll talk about that but do you think we're missing like a key piece to where we just you know goes out and you can rely on him to be a game changer yeah i think so especially right now with injuries i mean you'd like to think that chase young would be that uh but like you said it was inconsistent to start montez sweat has been out for you know what feels like half the season now so you feel like those guys can be that and it's frustrating when you see a division rival get that from a guy in his first six you know first half of a season whatever it is i guess we're late in the season now but yeah it is frustrating when when, when you see it go up against you, you see that happen uh i think washington has the ability to have those guys. I think they, they have the potential. Um, it's just them living up to it. Uh, I think that they've got to play better than they, they've been playing. And the, the frustrating thing is, is that the Washington defense still played pretty well. I mean, Dak Pres- Prescott looked really uncomfortable. And, and you're absolutely right. If they could have just had one, 
one guy that just kind of was able to be in the backfield and wreck things kind of like Parsons or kind of like Gregory, um, that that game would have been different. Um, but yeah, seeing Micah Parsons out there, he's a freak. He, he, it seems like he can be uh, a pro bowler at a couple different positions if he wanted to. And that's no knock on uh, anybody that Washington has or, or doesn't have. It's just the, the, the fact. And it makes you want a guy like that. It makes you want a guy like Aaron Donald, who's who's always in the backfield. It makes you want a guy like TJ Watt, who misses games and still is racked up 15, 16 sacks. Like you need a guy like that on defense. It's kind of you know, that's just the way the NFL works. You need a guy that can change games like that. And Washington, I think, plays better as a whole. Uh, but they certainly are lacking that guy that, you know, when a game is not going your way, can step in and change it in one big play. Um, so I think the defense is going to continue to play solid. Uh, but but I think you're absolutely right. They don't have a guy that is just going to take over a game. And until they do, I think that, you know, they're not going to be able to impose their will as much as they'd really like to. Yeah. And I was just thinking about like key plays from last year. And like I said, that chase young, you know, scoop and score against the 49ers, you know, Montez sweat tipping the pass to himself um, against Dallas. Yeah. Taking it in, you know, for a pick six, those are the plays that I feel like we've been missing, not only from the front four, but you know, as a whole, we've had some, you know, interception moments, but we don't really get anything off of it. We don't really take advantage of it. Mm -hmm. Um, That's exactly what Dallas did this game. You know, they, get short field. They drive down. Of course, you know, Jonathan Allen has that offside, you know, rare from him, but it's something mm-hmm. you can't have on third down. They get closer. Amari Cooper, easy touchdown. He comes back. Seemed like didn't really miss a beat. And like I said, like Dak Prescott, you know, didn't go off. It wasn't like 300 yards, something like that, but he just, you know, took what, you know, opportunities we gave him and made points out of. It. And that's, that's exactly what you have to do, regardless of what your stats look like. At the end of the day, it's whoever scores the most points. That's literally all this game is about. You can throw for 500 yards, but if you lose, it doesn't do anything. So mm-hmm. for me, it was just Dallas getting the opportunities and making something of it. Now, this is something that I, you know, it's kind of scratching my head at. And it was, you know, six plays later, fourth and two at the Dallas 46. Ron Rivera decides to go for it. You know, you're down early. For me, it felt like kind of uh, you went for two way early in the game you know McCarthy desperation did. a little bit yeah like this is me saying like hey i can you know throw some risk out there too yeah how did you feel about that play call do you think it was too early for it you know you are down you know a good little hole wasn't terrible at the time uh, but still way too early in the game do you kind of disagree with that call or do you see what ron was trying to do like create opportunities it's fourth and two analytics say go for it because of how short it is <clears throat> but is it like the smart play to do I don't think the play call was very smart. I think, you know, Taylor, whether it was Taylor Heineke taking too long, holding onto the ball too long, you can't take a, a sack there or, or allow your quarterback to sit back there however long, whatever the issue is. I think it's got to be a quick hitter, um, something underneath. Uh, Adam Humphreys, it seems like he always makes those clutch catches, draw something up for him. Um, I don't mind going for it there. I agree that it felt maybe a little bit early, but, you know, you're on the other side of the 50. You're already down double digits. Uh, I, I don't really – I don't blame Ron for going for it, but as always, it just kind of feels like it could have been a different play call or something uh, a little different. It just feels like something was a, a little off there. Um, and, of course, it ended up being a, a disaster, as we know now. But uh, I, I don't hate it. I just, I just kind of hate the play call, and it just kind of – it just seems like that happens way too often. Like the, the right idea is there, but the execution is not. And I, I think that, you know, 
when we look back on this season, I think we're going to look back on so many opportunities like that. Like you had the right idea, you had the right um, mindset, but it just was not able to execute. And, and that, that goes with having a journeyman quarterback as your quarterback for most of the season. It goes with, you know, having a bunch of guys out and, and, you know, your top free agent acquisition in Curtis Samuel barely playing. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that goes into it, but you got to find a way to execute. Otherwise you find yourself down 18, nothing to your division rival, just like that. Yeah. I think for me, it was just looking back, like seeing like how our defense played as a whole, you're like, you have to have faith that if we punt it within the 20. And I know it's not like, what difference does 25, 30 yards make? If your defense is playing well, it makes a, a good bit because it, you know, how often does it turn into a strip sack going the other way for seven points? Not often. Mm-hmm. But still, you just have to think long-term wise at the end of the game, is that a play that I wish I would have made them work and drive all the way down the field for those seven points that they got in a second? Well, you're right. And then when you end up losing the game 27-20, you're like, wow, we just gave them away, uh, gave away a defensive touchdown. So the hindsight, you know, you is easy to look at there. And, and I'm sure Ron was thinking, you know, let's jumpstart this. Let's, let's, you know, get this fourth down conversion, get some momentum going and then make it 11-7. But obviously that was a 14 point swing and uh, ended up really being the difference. You know, uh, you know, you could have lived with, uh, you know, what you did on defense and what you limited the Cowboys offense to. But you're absolutely right in the fact that the difference was seven points despite how poorly you played. And, and then you look back at a, at a play like that where you just gave away a touchdown pretty much. It is tough to swallow. Um, I see what he was trying to do, but, you know, it, it sucks on this side now. Yeah, and then you're stuck here at halftime. You have six drives, ideally. Like, I'm not going to count the, you know, one play before halftime as a drive. You right. got four punts, one interception, and then one strip sack fumble that results in seven points for the other team. You're sitting at zero points right now. You're down 18 nothing. It doesn't look pretty. You know, we're getting pressure, seems like, on every single play with Heineke. He's frantic at times. Mm-hmm. Kind of indecisive, you know, making ill-advised throws. But then second half kind of comes live a little bit. Cam Sims, Moss's Trayvon Diggs, gorgeous pass finally, and an outstanding catch right in the end zone. Get his leg and his uh, shin down right in bounds. I'm like, okay, you like, you know, it, it might, you know, feel like it's out of reach, but this is what you have to do. It's like basketball. If you go down 20, you can't just be chucking up threes and mm-hmm. getting desperate. Just take what the defense gives you and just climb back into this slowly but surely. And then you have an Antonio Gibson fumble, uh, which is, I believe, his sixth on the season, which he leads all running backs in the league on. Brutal. And it's becoming a really bad trend. It, it, it seems like it happens consistently in the worst games at some of the worst times when we're coming back from this deficit. And I said, and some people agree with me and some people disagree with me, but I, I think that you really have to address the need at running back. I'm not saying give up on Antonio Gibson, but I'm just saying look at the Cleveland Browns with Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, easily the best backfield in the NFL when they're healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe that approach. And like I like J.D. McKissick as you know running back three, kind of like how Chris Thompson was his whole role. Like J.D. McKissick absolutely has a, a role in this team, but maybe you need a true quarterback and i mean a true running back and people say oh running backs don't matter in this league blah 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 blah. i completely disagree like look at the teams that have struggled without the run game recently i mean the rams went through a slump the ravens are struggling without their run game um the titans obviously without derrick henry because he's derrick henry but i feel like the running game really helps you set up your offense especially if you draft a rookie this year coming up or you have a Taylor Heineke young back there getting to know the offense even more, kind of getting in a rhythm. 
if you don't have that run game, I feel like it really, you know, discredits what your quarterback's doing. Like he can't get in the rhythm. He can't absolutely. You know, the the defense kind of says like, oh, if you know, he's probably going to throw it, and they don't have a run game that really scares us. So, do you think that this is a actual need that Washington should address? Like, I'm not saying give up on Gibson. Like, I don't want people to freak out and say that no. I'm saying like cut the guy or something. But like, he got benched after that, and you know, the run game was. It had a couple hits with uh, Jared Patterson and Williams, but other than that, like it just wasn't like a home run ability, like running back. We haven't seen that in a while. He had that one big play against the Bills, but I just feel like that's something that's been missing in our offense. You know, being down early, throwing up these crazy passes with Heineke's. Like, would you agree mm-hmm. that we need to, you know, maybe address this? Yeah, and it's not like you're saying it's not a knock on Antonio Gibson. This is just the way the NFL goes. Similar to what we were talking about on defense, you need a game wrecker on defense. Same way you need multiple backs. It's not a knock on uh, on on Antonio Gibson or anybody. You'd love to have two to three guys like you're saying that all play different roles that can interchange. I mean, it's tough to to take thirty carries a game and and to come out looking good on the other side of it. Uh, so yeah, I think he absolutely could use somebody that is another threat back there no disrespect to jd mckissick or Jarrett patterson but those are not their guys those aren't their roles uh but another guy that can can carry the load for antonio gibson if he's not breaking off the big runs like we're expecting like yeah it absolutely makes sense and the more offensive weapons you have out there the better you're gonna do and you're you're absolutely right it benefits the entire team it allows your quarterback to to get into rhythm, to have some easier passes when they're looking for the run and, you know, you leave guys wide open. It takes some of the pressure off of Terry McLaurin, who's getting what feels like double and triple teamed because there, there are no other answers out there. Like a running, I feel like that's where everything starts is with the running game. And, and Washington uh, could certainly use as many bodies in there as they could. But Antonio Gibson has got to hold on to the football. Absolutely brutal. Even during the, you know, the win streak, I think he had a big fumble in Carolina that could have been costly. I mean, it's just an absolute problem, and he's got to figure it out. Um, I think he is super talented, and I think he's got a, a bright future. I mean, we've seen glimpses of it this year and last year, but you got to hold on to the football or you're not going to last long. I mean, that's so important. It, you, it, it, it was absolutely brutal that you're able to get the ball back, get a chance to to cut into the lead or actually driving a little bit. And then you, you cough it up and it's just time and time again. Uh, he's got to figure it out and you got to wonder if it's mental now. You know, I wonder if every time he's holding on to the football, if he's thinking about overthinking about holding on to it and, and not letting go of it. And that's got to be that's got to be a tough spot to be in. But he's got to figure it out because I think he's going to be key down the stretch, especially with. Terry McLaurin being banged up, J.D. McKissick being banged up, all these offensive weapons being banged up. They need Gibson, but he's got to hold on to the football. Otherwise, uh, you know, it doesn't matter what you're doing out there. Uh, so yeah. that's brutal in a bunch of different ways. Yeah, and I, I'm like, I'm a running back truther. I'm not saying like, you know, offer like max deals on running backs or draft one in the first, like a Clyde Edwards-Alaire or Najee Harris or anything like that. Like there's Austin Eckler's out there, like guys like uh, Philip Lindsay go undrafted. Like it's just mm-hmm. like I feel like you can get running backs, and I know Nate Coleman. Shout out to Nate. Like he he is anti running back. Like saying like just you can easily replace them. Like you don't have to have like a dominant running back. But I feel like having a good running back like a Jonathan Taylor, Austin Eckler, something like that is. I, I feel like I've I personally feel like that is critical in an offense especially like I said, with the the position we're in quarterback wise, like if you have Mahomes or even like, 
Uh, I'll say even Justin Herbert, like who's going to throw it 45 times a game. It's, I feel like it's not like a huge need because mm-hmm. you're more of like a passing offense. But I feel like Herbert does even better because he does have an Eckler. And I feel like we saw that with Mahomes and he was struggling in his stretch. You know, Clyde Edwards, Hilaire was hurt. They were going with my guy Gore out of Alabama, Roll Tide. Uh, you know, a very under the radar, like not popular, not a yeah. huge effective name running back. And they're just kind of relying on the passing. Like I said, Lamar Jackson, he's asked to do it all now and he's not able to do that right now. Right. Um, Baker Mayfield's another guy. If he doesn't have Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, that offense cool. looks completely different. Well, even look at the Cowboys. I mean, when Prescott and, and Zeke are out there together, they're so much more effective. Just having that threat there is so huge. And, uh, you know, like you're saying, if the best quarterbacks need uh, a running back, need the threat of a running game, you got to imagine that a guy like Taylor Heineke, no offense to him, absolutely needs it. And he definitely paid the price and, and last week. And without that running game being effective, he I, I want to say this was his worst game of the season uh, for me just how uneasy he looked and throwing bad balls. But, you know, when you don't have that threat of a running game, what do you, what do you expect him to do? You know, he's going to have to try to force it, and that's what he did. Yeah, and, like, I'm going to take it to the college side for a second. You know, I don't want to be talking about quarterbacks come April, but if you think about, like, a Matt Corral, he's got, like, a three-headed monster at running back at all Miss because mm-hmm. Lane Kiffin is an offensive genius, and it absolutely helps him out. Then you see a guy like Kenny Pickett who's throwing it 50 times a game. But he can do that. He can, you know, run on his feet. They don't have as much as a, a running game at Pittsburgh just because that's the offense. Um, and that's okay. So that's what I'm saying. Like, I feel like under certain circumstances with certain players, like uh, a running game is needed, especially, like I said, whether it's Heineke, Ritter, I don't care, Sam Howell, doesn't matter. As a young quarterback in the league, I feel like you really do need a run game. Like, you get confidence and handing it off to your running back, and he, you know, busts a 20 yard run. You're moving down the field. The defense comes up a little bit, plays a little bit safer, and you're able to hit these deep balls. Yep. Like it's just that rhythm, that, you know, that being in sync as a team on offense. I feel like that's huge for a young guy. So that's my stance on it. Some people are like, no, I hate running backs. Just sign a random one off the street and run with it. He can do the same thing. I disagree. If you find a really good one, you know, like like Jonathan Taylor absolutely is a game changer for the Colts. Yeah, even Hines when they had a Marlon Mack, like they've just had a rotation of running backs. So that's my stance on it. Love AG. Um, I would not mind another young running back coming in there, like a true running back. And I, I like this class a lot. Um, but then Taylor Heineke gets hurt. Kyle Allen comes in. And now you have Gibson on the bench. So you have Kyle Allen in the game with Jarrett Patterson at running back. And at this point, I'm like, there is no way in the world this game. Terry McLaurin out at that point, too. Terry's hurt. By the way, I think we should talk about that play real quick because I, I and we've said this multiple times. And I remember the Saints game and the Falcons game talking about this. How many times Taylor Heineke lobs the ball up? Uh Like you remember that one, the one that was kind of like a Hail Mary, that touchdown pass in the back with the Falcons where he just lobbed it up. Terry was like, just had like come up and get it. And then the one, um, the deep right side of the end zone where Terry had to go up and double coverage, catch it and they kind of fall down. We're like, guys, what the heck? Like we can't have this. I feel like this was the worst one yet. You know, comes down, looked terrible on his back concussion. I mean, that is not what you need at all. Like he is absolutely our franchise wide receiver. Undoubtedly, like he is the future of our offense. I I feel comfortable centering our offense around him more than any other player on our offense. 
But for me, like I can't sit here and watch those kind of plays anymore. Telling him no. to keep going, stopping, and then just throwing it short like that. My problem is people are saying, oh, well, he's giving his wide receivers an opportunity to make a play. That's what he's supposed to do. That's what Mahomes and Brady and Herbert do. But they they hit the wide receivers in stride. They don't just throw ill-advised Hail Marys every single play and say, oh, well, I gave him an opportunity to catch it, and he just didn't catch it, and he got hurt on the play. It happens. Yeah. How do you feel about that? Like, do you agree with me, or are you saying, like, no, that's, that's Taylor doing what he's supposed to do as a quarterback? No, I think at the beginning of the year, I kind of liked the aggressiveness from Taylor Heineke because I felt like they hadn't seen that. We haven't seen that, you know, especially last year with Alex Smith, who was checking everything down. But I'm with you, man. He absolutely got Terry hurt here. And there's a difference between throwing it and giving your receiver a chance, like you said, some of the studs do, and just throwing it up. I mean, those are two different things. You know, yes, you can go let your guy make a play, but you know Terry's gonna gonna fight for every ball, even if it's a, a terrible one, and that's exactly what happened, and that's what we've seen all season long. There's nothing wrong with checking it down to Curtis Samuel, who's wide open at the sticks. You know, just take or what's there. Yeah, run it. You want to do? Yeah, we know what you can do running the football. Yeah, he that was just absolutely awful, and I think that's why it goes in for me. Like it, it helps, or, you know, not helps, but hurts the case. Like why this was his worst game. Like he he got his number one guy injured and I 100% believe it's it was on him and it just it, it could have been avoided and I, I just think that he's got to be smarter than that teams are starting to figure him out and it doesn't even go to to the ones you know that he threw in double and triple coverage at times and you know yeah you just gotta he is what he is Taylor Heineke I appreciate what he does I think he's exciting the way he can get out of you know sticky situations but that doesn't mean that you're you're Aaron Rodgers all of a sudden that you have that kind of arm strength and that's okay just take what is there I think that's what has made him successful is taking what's there, taking what's underneath, running with it a little bit. And this and this game, he he was just trying to do too much, and it ended up being super costly. And I and I don't think Terry's going to play on Sunday. And then you add that to all these guys out due to COVID, and you're really hurting yourself there. And it could have been totally avoidable. Yeah, and I agree with you. I feel like Taylor's best moments, you know, in the games that we win is he's. He's taking what the defense gives him, like you said, like the pylon dives, the short, you know, plays. And I get it. Like Terry leads the league in contested catches, which is great. Mm-hmm. But and like you said, with Aaron Rodgers and them, they're not. He's not throwing to Devontae Adams in double coverage where he's having to stop, wait for the ball, and then jump up and go get it. If he's in double coverage, like he's putting it where only he can really have a chance to right. catch it. And it's not going to be perfect every time, but it's just the way that it happened. And I get it. Our offensive line was terrible. Our offensive line, it did not look good at all, whether it's injuries. I mean, we're like you said, Randy Gregory, Micah Parsons, we're dealing with that. But if you actually go watch the plays where Taylor did have time, I don't know if he was just scared for his life because he's like, I don't know if Micah Parsons is right behind me, like ready to take my head off again, or if my pocket's clean. Like, I don't know what's going on. But even when he had time, the yeah. the throw to Taylor, I mean, the Terry, you know, that wasn't even the worst one. The one to Cam Sims where there's four or five people. Yeah. I think it was a total of five people in the middle of the field. That was your play. You said, hey, this is the one I want. He had plenty of time. And there was like five or six plays you could pick out that were just like that. We were like, Taylor, you you had the time. You had the clean pocket. It's just to me, the decision-making and his ability to go through progress, like progressions and realize what's there just isn't what you want it to be. He has the mm-hmm. heart of a lion. He will die for this team. I full heartedly believe that because he showed us that on Sunday. But if you can't go through your progressions and you can't read 
and have that trigger. Like, I feel like he does not have that. Mm-hmm. This is where I need to go. I can't think about it. I can't hesitate. I can't, you know, uh, 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 but this is, this is the guy that, you know, the place says I should go to kind of thing. I, I just feel like that mental aspect of being an NFL quarterback is not there. The arm strength's not there. And like you said, that's okay. Yeah. It's okay to admit he's not the future. Like he is the season and I'm riding with him and I pray we win games and go to the playoffs and win the Super Bowl. Like that's the, that's the thing. And I'm not trying to down him, but I just, it kills me for, for people to say, Oh, he's the reason we we've won four in a row. He he's a winner. Like he is the future. Like it is okay to say he's not, Yeah, you can like him, but also say, you know, he sucked this game. He's been, you know, bad this game. Be critical. Like it is okay. Yeah. You do not have to kiss up to every single thing that Washington does good, bad. It doesn't matter. But I just, I, I, I feel like we've seen it all season long and the Dallas game was like the icing on the cake. Like you cannot put your wide receivers in that. We saw like what I would say two, maybe three dropped interceptions. Not even just like say- the cam Sims. Like there was a lot. Yeah, he could have very easily had three to four interceptions, and and that's part of the roller coaster. And so you hope that this week he can turn it around, but with only a a few guys out there, who knows what he's going to do. I mean, like you said, I'm rooting for him, but, you you know, he's got to play better than that or uh, this season will will be over pretty quick. Yeah, like I said, obviously Washington makes it kind of close. You know, Jonathan Williams with the uh, short touchdown run on a 73-yard drive, 13 plates to Kyle Allen. I was like, all right, kind of feeling it. And then I said earlier in the game, something I've noticed is that Cole Holcomb's coverage ability has gotten so much better over the last few years, you know, compared to his rookie season to where he is now. I feel like he is really growing in that position. I feel really good about him at linebacker in the future and a gorgeous pick six. You mentioned it. Dak did not look good or comfortable all game long. And Cole Mm -hmm. Holcomb was like, thank you. I will take that to the house. But still, even though the score was close, like I feel like, after that play, I'm like, oh, man, like we actually somehow have a shot. And then, of course, mm-hmm. DeAndre Carter drops probably the most important uh, catch of his life right there. A dime by Kyle Allen um, really had that opportunity. And then the fumble, I I still don't feel comfortable saying that's a fumble. Do, do uh, you? No, that was bad. But uh, honestly, I, I tweeted it right after. It was like, that. that's a bad call. And I don't know how you call it that way. A game-deciding uh, but- call. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But DeAndre Carter's got to have that. I mean, that was picture perfect. He had it. He almost had it with his legs rolling over. I mean, it was just perfect. You got to have it. I felt like the 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 air went out of you know the sails there, and and it didn't really matter um, afterwards uh, what happened. But yeah, a bad fumble call. Um, got to have that catch. Real quick on Cole Holcomb. How often have we said tight ends have eaten this team up? Dalton Schultz, one catch for four yards. I mean, you're absolutely yep. right. Holcomb has been absolutely unreal, and it was awesome to see that pay off. You know, there's nothing to be said about individual performances like Cam Sims having that sick catch or um, Cole Holcomb having a pick six, but it's nice to see guys like that who, who work hard and continue to get opportunities absolutely have an impact on the game. So you just hope they can build off of that even in a loss. Yeah, and I get it. They didn't have uh, Pollard either. Dallas didn't. Um, Zeke had 12 rushes for only 45 yards. Dak was 22 for 39, 211 yards, one touchdown, two interceptions, and got sacked four times. He didn't really get sacked four times. The two sacks they credited Landon Collins for were, like, terrible. Like, literally, he ran out of bounds once, Mm -hmm. and I don't even think Landon Collins touched him. 
And then one time he fell like half a yard uh, before the line of scrimmage yeah. and Elena Collins just kind of downed him. So it says we sacked him four times. It didn't feel like it. It just felt like he didn't ever find a rhythm, didn't ever feel comfortable throwing the ball all game long. Um, but holding Zeke to 12 rushes, 45 yards, that's just what we do against him, honestly. Mm-hmm. That, that's kind of just what I've noticed. And I said that before in the last episode. Like Dallas is not going to run the ball, honestly, especially if Pollard was out. Like I feel like that was huge. For them, I, I if I had to pick one going forward, I would absolutely pick uh, Tony Pollard just because of his big playability compared to Zeke. Um, and then Trayvon Diggs, um, you know, that's the matchup I was really looking forward to was him and Terry. Even though he, you know, quote-unquote locked Terry down in the game, I feel like there was a lot of plays where Terry had him beat. That one right sideline throw where Heineke just waited too long and mm-hmm. then underthrew it. And then, had him beat mean, deep, yeah. Yeah, he had him, and then they kind of fought for it in completion. And of course, you know, DBs are going to celebrate <laughs> on everything, right? Um, and then he got mossed by Cam Sims, but still, I, I feel like we absolutely had all the opportunities. That's just what it came down to was opportunities. And outside of the Cam Sims touchdown, uh, Heineke was 10 for 24, 79 yards in an interception, and he got sacked four times. Hey. So I get it. He had the one play, but there was so many other chances where he could have won the game for us. And I'm not saying he was the only one that had a bad game. Defense could have made more plays. There were so many penalties in crucial times, like Jonathan Allen. Offensive line did not look good. Antonio Gibson fumbled. He was terrible in blitz pickups, which J.D. McKissick is excellent. Thrives, right. Yeah, so I feel like there was no one played to their potential at the time we needed it, but I feel like Heineke, this was absolutely his worst game. Would you agree? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I've said it, and, and uh, you know, I think at halftime he was like 2 of 12 or something, 2 of 15. I mean, to be that that bad halfway through the game is you can't have that. You, you can't have it. You know, you got to be able to take what's there, complete some underneath passes, get some rhythm going. He wasn't even able to do that. Um, and then that's why it's so frustrating that you ended up being within a touchdown. If you could have just converted on one opportunity, if you could have just made one more play. Um, so that's what, you know, I don't feel too dejected about this, that they were able to fight back, even though it was ugly at times, uh, they just got to capitalize on opportunities, uh, when they're there. And it's like I said earlier, you know, this, this season might just be things that we look back on, on that they could, could have been the difference in one or two more wins and could have been the difference in, playoffs or not so we'll see hopefully it doesn't come back to bite them too hard but uh here we are you gotta live with it yeah and we were saying on to philly this is the game that counts and then we think it can't get any worse and then covid comes out of nowhere gets us Mm. what's the body count now 17 i saw 18 troy apke was added and honestly what is it 909 right now on uh wednesday night who knows how many more will be added there'll be like six by the time we get done recording so casey Tuhill, montez sweat uh james smith williams cam sims tim settle samus reyes uh david mayo cornelius lucas Matt hinitis glee cudson Merck hemingway kendall fuller Derek forrest uh milo eifler he was a linebacker that we actually had. Don't know if you actually noticed. Um, William Bradley King, Kyle Allen, and then Jonathan Allen, like you said. Troy Abke added to that list. Um, and it's not just Washington. The Browns have 18, uh-huh. I think. Now, the Calgary Flames just added 18 players to it. The NBA is getting hit. James Harden, Giannis Antetokounmpo. I mean, you name it. It seems like it's hitting everyone except college football. Something to watch with the bowl season. Playoffs coming. Um, 
So it's just hitting at the at the worst time possible with having to play Philly. This is a must-win game once again. Every single every single one of these plays, I mean games coming forward mm-hmm. is going to be a must-win game. So let's talk about real quick what to expect. First off, the NFL's come out and said they're not doing what they did last year with, you know, rescheduling games, canceling games, anything like that. I feel like they're just going to roll with it on Sunday. Do you think that they, this game still happens one o'clock Sunday in Philadelphia? Yeah, I, I think they do. I think that that Washington will find a way with practice squad guys to get enough out there, and it might not be pretty, but they're going to have you know Washington on the front, their numbers on their helmets, and it's going to say Washington. I just think it's going to be a little ugly looking. Uh, so yeah, I think the NFL is going to stand firm. They might readjust it down the line, but. I definitely don't think they're going to cut uh, Washington or any team, honestly, for that matter, any any slack on this. I think this is just the way it goes. And like you said, it's just hitting at the, the, the worst possible time. I was hyped that we signed Nate Orchard back. He's a good dude. I love that guy. You know, I followed him and everything. I, I feel like he's just one of those cool guys you feel like, you know, feel good rooting for. Mm-hmm. But like Dron Payne, boy, you better have well, the game of your life. This is your D-line going well, in too- Sunday. Two things. It's hit what feels like almost every position group, which is so crazy. Um, but, you know, if Terry can't play, Curtis Samuel can't play, who now has a hamstring issue, Cam Sims is on the COVID list, you're potentially looking at what? Dax Milne, Adam Humphreys. DeAndre Carter. DeAndre Carter is your three wide receiver sets. I mean, Antonio Gibson might play more as a wide receiver Antonio, on Sunday. Antonio Gainey-Golden, he's on practice squad, right? Yeah. And you know you're bad when you have COVID feeling like your name's not even getting brought up. That's mm-hmm. <laughs> that's bad. And I agree with you. Like, the wide receiver room looks terrible. I think um, – I forgot who was saying – maybe it was Kime that, like, special teams has seven or eight guys out. Cam Sims is on there. Derek Forrest is on there. Khalid Hudson's on there. There's a lot of guys. So, like, special teams, that, that could be another big mm. factor. Philly runs back a kick or something. Like, you just never know. So I don't like I kind of wanted to do a preview, but I don't know what to expect with this game. Uh, like I feel like we could say one thing and it'll change tomorrow. Yeah, absolutely. For, I mean, you know, it's the middle of the week, Friday, Saturday. I think it's going to be super telling. Can they get some of these guys back? Who knows? I mean, is it going to continue to hit? Uh, you know, will more guys be out? You're absolutely right. There's no telling uh, what this is going to look like, and. It could be ugly, um, but you know there's no excuses at this point. Washington still's got to find a way to win. You hate the Eagles, you let that fuel you. Go out there, whoever's out there, and get a win. But uh, I just don't know that we're going to know many of the names on Sunday. Yeah, I I told you before we recorded, it's going to feel like a preseason game, and not it's the, the first quarter. It's the third, fourth quarter preseason game. This could be the Bunmi Rotimi game coming out uh, this week. So hopefully he has a big game because he might be your. Uh, Defensive end one going in uh, to Philly. I'm just saying we just uh, signed uh, Shermer uh, quarterback and then Jordan Tamu, who I only remember from he was playing in the XFL and then he also went to Ole Miss. I'm 95 percent sure. Ole Miss, yeah, yeah. So that, that's literally the only time I know him, and he throws in my boy uh, Matt Hereford from Alabama all the time in Tennessee. So like, at least I know he's been active. Like my boy Jordan Tiam has been throwing the rock every day with Matt Hereford because I see it on Twitter. Um, but I just I don't know what to expect with this game, and I I, I feel like we'll get a good amount back because like if you're vaccinated, you only you need the two negatives mm-hmm. to be able to play. I feel like 
I don't know who's vaccinated. I don't know who's not. And I'm not going to sit here and like play guess who. Um, but I feel like out of that list, I feel comfortable saying, you know, if the reports and numbers were right, you know, before we struggled with our numbers, we were like dead last in the league. And then it got way better above like 85%, above 90%, I believe. So I feel like you've got to say that half of the players on this list, if not more, 75% are vaccinated and could potentially come back with two negatives, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, there's there's certainly a, a shot. You, you never know what, what can happen there. Um, but at the end of the day, it's next man up, and they're they're putting that to the test, really, because uh, they they don't have a bunch behind them. So, uh, next man up. Let's see what happens on uh, on Sunday. Yeah, if anything, like I'm glad that it happened early in the week because it does give you the time to get those double negatives instead of being like, oh, Sunday morning, like, nope, I'm <laughs> I got yeah. cotton knobs off my nose like all day long trying to get these two negatives done. Early in the week, and also that allows guys to know, hey, there's a very real chance I might be starting. So at least yeah. get those jitters out of the way during practice, and then going into the game, you know, hopefully they can put what they they learn during the week out there. But uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see. I don't feel good about it, but you never know. I haven't felt good about a lot of these wins that they've come out with. So let's see if they can take it to the Eagles because it would still feel pretty sweet to beat them, even with a bunch of backups. Yeah, if we win this game and we roll out there. With a Heineke on, you know, a burnt out wheel and DeAndre Carter as wide receiver one. And we got Dron Payne with like three sacks somehow. Like, I'd be too hyped because obviously mm-hmm. Philly, but man, someone said, I forgot who said on Twitter, they said, you know, forget throwing rocks. We better, we better throw a boulder if we somehow that. come out and beat Philly with that squad. So, but anything's possible. Yeah. Like any given Sunday, like well, I forgot who it was early in the season, had so many guys hurt. Oh, the Browns when they signed, uh, I forgot his name, Durnist Johnson. Johnson his yeah. name and he came he off, off like 250 rushing yards. Yeah, LeBron James is like, yo, shout out that guy because yeah. he balled out. And they still won. Everyone's like, there's no way they win this game with Case Keenum. Yeah. And they did. So anything can really happen. Well, and then on the other side, we don't know if Hurts is playing, Minshew playing. You know, you don't know what the Eagles look like. And so, yeah, anything can happen. You throw, you literally throw everything out uh, in, in d- division rivalry games. So hopefully Washington can make something happen. Yeah, but Minshew is such a likable guy. I hate to say it, but you you have yeah. to love that guy when he doesn't play us. Like that video with him and his dad after the game, like him just hype, like how much he's worked for that. Yeah. Like first off, you feel bad for him because he was in Jacksonville, but then you're like, you know what? Like this is a good dude to root for. I just love those feel good stories. But I, I, you know, if he does play Sunday, I hope he, he has the worst game of Four his life. Picks. Um, and Rager drops like twenty catches like he usually does but they have a really good stout defense at times if like they're inconsistent it's really hard to tell what, what kind of philly team you're going to get mm-hmm. um i mean and this is going to sound stupid but i feel like you know it's hard for philly too because they don't know what to prep for like you know what if they prep for a bunch of backups and then we get jonathan allen back and you know we get like yeah. terry decides to play and we're like all right this is this is not what we wanted like this is not what we really prepped for so i feel like they have to do a lot more extra prep just like we do with getting these new guys on board I feel like Philly has to prepare for the unknown, kind of like what, what Taylor Heineke gave to the Buccaneers in the playoff. Like, they didn't know. They were expecting a very immobile Alex Smith on one leg and got a Taylor Heineke who was rolling towards the pile. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting. I'm, I'm excited to see this one. I'm praying that we can at least get a handful of key guys back. But like I said, next man up, you just never really know. But this is a absolute must win. Going to Philly, I – I hate going to Philly. That is one of the worst places. Every time I fly over, 
I say hi with one finger. So um, <laughs> hopefully for the best, like I said, we're going to keep the, our eyes on the news with all this COVID news breaking out, not just Washington, but it is yeah. all over the sports world. Like I said, just turn on sports and you'll see like 20 names per hour at the bottom. The most positive test in the NFL has had the last two days. So keep an eye on that. But Brian, what's your prediction for this game real quick before we head out? Do you feel like we can get some guys back from the COVID list right in time for this game? Or do you feel like we're just catching Philly at the worst time? I, I'm kind of thinking the worst uh, worst possible outcome. I think a, ba- a bunch of backups are, are what we're looking at. Um, and I think that, that Washington still plays tough, um, but comes up just short. What I'm hoping for, though, is like you said, a couple of guys come back out of nowhere, you know, get cleared on Saturday, you know, night or something like that and are good to go. And they roll in and, and beat the snot out of Philly. But I, I don't I really don't feel good about it. And I think this, you know, could be a season defining moment in the difference between the playoffs. Yeah, I hope Washington takes like two or three tests a day, doesn't say anything about it. And then Sunday we're like, oh, yeah, Jonathan Allen's playing. Terry's healthy. We got all these guys back. Cam Sims is good to go. Kyle Allen's good. Like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, we're set. And then Philly just hit him in the mouth and get this important win. Um, Cause this might possibly knock us out of the playoffs. Depending what, what we saying. do. Like not only NFC East, but wild card wide. like, we absolutely need this one. So guys, we will see y'all next week after this game on Sunday, one o'clock at Philadelphia. And hopefully we can come out with a dub. Please on top. Please. This, this is when we need it the most guys. This is it. This is the please. final stretch of the NFC East. So, guys, appreciate y'all tuning in. Like I said, it's presented by Bet Online. Sign up, get in on all the action because Philly's seven point favorites right now. I kind of like those numbers. Like I said, maybe we get some guys back and seven points, easy money. Awesome. Brian, have a good week, man. Peace, brother. Peace. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.